This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. To be or not to be, that is the question. Well, not exactly. For a fly fisher, to cast upstream or to cast downstream, that is the question. At least it's one of many fly fishing questions. Yep, to fish dry flies or to fish nymphs, now that is the question. Or to wear waders or to wet wade, that is the question. Or to use 5x tippet or to use 6x tippet, that is the question. Or to use your 6 weight rod or to use your 4 weight rod, that is the question. Or to eat at the steakhouse or to eat at the pizza joint? Now that is the question. That is the question. <laughs> now you're speaking my language, Dave. Yeah, there are a lot of fly fishing questions. But the one we want to consider today is whether to cast upstream or to cast downstream. That really is the fly fisher's dilemma. Dave, what would you say is the default mode for most situations, regardless of whether you're using a dry fly or a nymph or, or a streamer? Is there a default mode? For me, it's upstream. I'm always casting upstream. I think yeah, I'm too. upstream I'm is too. the default mode. Yep. I think it's how you originally are trained to fly fish. Right. And we'll talk about streamers, possible exception there. But you're right. Upstream really is the default. And I think that's why, because the nymph or the dry fly naturally floats down the food line, you know, looking for the bubbles in the current. You see that's the food line. And so that's a great place to cast your fly or drift your nymph. And, and so the tendency is to hit the river and to look upstream and to begin to fish it like that. Cast upstream, drift downstream. So how far do you cast upstream? Kind of what's your guide? Well, I tend to cast at a kind of a 45 degree angle, basically as far yeah, as I okay. can. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and let, you know, let my fly drift past me until it's gone so far that I can't keep it from drag anymore. Yeah. But that is the default mode, casting yeah. up roughly at a 45 degree angle and then letting it drift and mending it as it goes by. In, yeah, that, that makes sense. And I, I think it's worth saying too that the angle uh, that the reason for that 45 degree angle is it keeps your fly line from landing directly over the fish. I mean, you could be directly behind the fish, but think about that. If you're directly behind the fish and you throw right over the top of them, uh, you're going to spook them. So let me ask you this then. Do you typically walk up to a run at its midpoint? I mean, if you're throwing or casting upstream, upriver, uh, you're obviously you're not going to walk to the top of the run. You just walk into the middle of it. That's true, especially on the big rivers, certainly in the Bear Trap where you and I fish in the yeah. lower Madison. I think in smaller creeks that's not as true. You tend to crawl up to the end of the pool at the bottom of the run. Okay. And, yeah. um, of course, those smaller creeks um, are, I think, harder to fish because of that. Yeah. Some of you, in fact, many of you only fish small creeks. We hear mm -hmm. a lot of that when people post comments, uh, you typically don't have a chance to fish some of those bigger rivers in the West. So on those bigger runs, you do end up in the midpoint of the run and then cast upstream and let it drift. Of course, it depends on, you think, where the best 
what you know to be the best parts that you know the yeah. the hot zone okay. you know on the yeah. run and uh -huh. there's all these other things you think right. about so uh, but yeah. yes i think upstream is a default mode okay so so kind of the middle of the run if it's a bigger run and uh, even at the very bottom at the run tail end of the run if it's a smaller stream all right, so upstream is the default. Let's talk about exceptions. Uh, why in the world would you fish downstream? Well, the most obvious exception is streamers. Uh, downstream may be the norm when fishing streamers. Now, I know you can drift a streamer. And we and, do that a lot in yeah, the Yeah, we do. Yeah, we yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. And, and we often put a dropper on it too, don't we? Yep. So you can do that. You can drift a streamer and then let it swing across the current uh, when it's below you and then you strip it back to you. Uh, but the stripping action is what you want. It, it's resembling that something that is swimming rather than drifting. And I think that's a key point. Yeah, that's a very important. Yeah, with streamers, you're imitating something that is actually swimming in the water, not just a, uh, you know, a pupa uh, that's just drifting along or, or even rising to the surface. So, if you're going to fish downstream, what you do then is you go up above the runs you want to fish, and you cast downriver, and then you strip it back up against the current. And we've done this before. I, I did this a lot when I lived in Montana, and I fished the Gallatin River for browns. Uh, it actually worked on the Madison and Yellowstone for fall browns. Uh, I don't know if I've ever told you this story, Dave, but one year... Uh, my brother and Dwayne Dunham, that fly fisher from Portland, he was out in our area. Uh, we took a day trip to uh, uh, the Madison River just inside the park. You drive in from yeah. West Yellowstone. Uh, you drive past the turnoff to the Barnes Pools. And, and before you ever got to Madison Junction, uh, the problem was we had a snowstorm. And my brother had this Cadillac sedan. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, did we ever have a time that the road was plowed, but then we pulled down into this fishing X or, or into this picnic area, uh, which, yeah, for all practical purposes was a fishing excess, and I wasn't sure if we were ever going to get out. <laughs> but we, we used that technique. In fact, the three of us just spread out. We were, it was almost like hunting, you know, you're hunting pheasants and you're kind of side by side, but we were side by side and we just made our way. Um, you know, heading downstream and, you know, kind of right into where, where the fish would be looking at us. But we, you know, we'd sling those uh, big streamers down and then we'd pull them up against the current. And I remember my brother caught a monster brown that way. So that works. Is the Madison that big? So all three of you walked down the river? You know, did you we, alternate or what? No, we did. And, and at that point of the Madison, it's... Uh, it's a little bit more flat and, uh, you know, it's wider. So it, it worked out fine. So how far would you cast? Uh, I don't know, as far as we could, which probably wasn't that far for me at that point. Uh, but no, we, we would... 20, we 30 would. feet maybe? Yeah, I would think so. Maybe even a little further. We'd, we'd get that down as far as we could and then uh, just pull it up a river. Well, we did that last fall, you know, when we fished Willow Creek. Yeah, you're right. And... Man, we had a great day on the on the river. In fact, I started throwing my streamers upstream, letting them drift, and then stripping them back, kind of at the midpoint. I stopped doing it because I didn't, I wasn't catching as many fish as you and 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 our friend were catching, and uh, so I began getting at the top of the getting at the top of the run and, and casting the streamer down and stripping it back. That really is effective, and uh, 
especially too if you've got a deeper pool to throw it down just give it some sink time yeah and then uh, probably just, need sink tip depending on how big the river is you, you could yeah you could if you're in a big stretch of river but i i don't use a sink tip that often unless i'm on the missouri uh there might be places in the yellowstone but or if you're fishing beaver ponds you might need you, you could, tip. although I think, for me, I would just as soon use an extra split shot. But, yeah, let those things get down and then and then strip them up. All right, so that's one exception where you would fish downstream. You're, uh, you're fishing streamers, and the name of the game is to uh, pull those things in so they look like fish moving in the water. What's another one, Dave? Another is to fish downstream uh, when you're fishing in tight spots with a dry fly. So suppose you're fishing upstream and the current is coming towards you, but the run is tight against a bank, and let's say you're right-handed, it might be easier to walk around and float the fly down to the trout. I remember when we were fishing, was it the East Gallatin? Was it yeah. Trico's mm-hmm. with Dave, your friend yeah, Dave? Yeah, uh-huh. And um, we, we began to fish that thing with dries mm-hmm. downstream because it was such a small creek. And there were all these little bends around banks and stuff. It was just yeah. easier, and the angles were just easier to float it downstream. You know, I'm trying to visualize. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Was so that trico's word, or were they PMDs? What you know, were they fishing? They were they were trico's, weren't that they? That was a small fly we yeah, were fishing. Yeah, they really were. Think about that. that. That makes a lot of sense. So you are right-handed, and you are fishing. Uh, let's say you're on the right bank, so the river is on your left, and you want to cast upstream. Well. Uh, to do that, uh, boy, it would be easy just to land everything right in the, the brush. I mean, yeah. let's say you, you can't walk. It's a situation where you can't walk out into the river or into the stream. That's the deal. Uh, so your cast is ordinarily going to go left. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So just go to the top and let that float down. I, I think current's a factor too, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. You get a better drift from the top of the run than from the bottom of the run. Yeah, if that's the case, then then do that. I mean, yeah. drag is going to ruin your cast, and you'll, you'll figure that out. The more you fish, you'll be able to see, boy, it's just going to be easier to get that fly into and position. And sun can be an issue, right? Oh, so yeah, if the sun is right. behind you when you cast upstream, then go above the run and cast downstream so your shadow doesn't spook the fish. And I think the you know the, one of the, the key techniques is when you're casting that fly is to lift up the rod tip right at the end of the cast so that you have more drift time, right? So Boy, that's important. Um, it's a little harder, I think, to yeah. cast downstream. I think you have to get it the hang is. of it. It sounds easy, but you're right. The The whole point is you have to have some slack in your line. Absolutely. It's almost like you want a bunch of S curves. Otherwise, if you just cast it down... And, and expect it's going to have this nice drift. No, it's going to start snow plowing down through the, the current. It's going to ruin it. So I think Borger talks about the parachute cast, and that's when you cast. Let's say the stream is straight and directly, mm-hmm. uh, you're directly upstream from where you're fishing, so there's yep. no angles. You mm-hmm. cast it, and then you pull back, and mm-hmm. it kind of lands. He calls it the parachute cast. Yeah. I'm not sure why, but it lands. The fly actually lands further upstream and allow and you have some line so that it can float down without any drag yeah something else i do i mean this is the 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 non-expertise caster method it it's just looking at a run and saying okay there's the hot zone there's the place where every food line yeah everything needs to be in order so i will try to make my cast 
10, 20 feet above that. Now that doesn't always, it's not always possible. Sometimes, uh, you know, you may be, the, the run starts after a rock or there's really swift current and then you get the run. But if I can, uh, I'd like to cast 20 feet in front of where those fish are feeding. And that gives me a chance to strip line out. And while I'm doing that, my fly is doing all kinds of stupid things in the current or in the water, which is fine. But then after about 10 feet, okay, now I'm ready. I've got some slack. And then when, when that fly gets into the hot zone, uh, it's drifting perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah, think about that. You make sure that you get your fly down on the, the, the water well in front of the, uh, the window where the fish are. One other exception is that downstream may be best due to wind. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, that's I mean, it's obvious. Kind of obvious. Yeah, but, but it, um, it's worth pointing out. I mean, if the wind is bad enough, uh, forget it. But sometimes that's uh, that's the only adjustment. And it you definitely need to make. works with nymphs. You have to, you know, feed out enough line so that the mm -hmm. that the fly won't drag. But at times on the Madison, especially on the lower end of what we call Rainbow oh, Run, yeah. or a little mm -hmm. spot. Hopefully, you're able to fish it this uh, this spring. But yeah. on this run, we drifted our fly down so we don't have to fight with with the wind and get wind knots. Yeah, and that, uh, you know that. Such yep. a great run, but it, it's at the almost the entrance of that canyon, and so the wind comes around that canyon. Mm. Oh, it does! It's miserable yep. to fish sometimes. You know what I've done, Dave, on that one? I've, I've actually just dropped the fly almost at my feet, and just strip out a bunch of line, and 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 then after it goes about you know five ten feet, by then I have enough line out that okay, this is going to work, and then it gets into that zone, and we usually figure out after we fish that for about an hour where those where fish that are, hot zone yeah, is yeah where they're really hitting i so. remember that one year you were catching them almost you were catching these rainbows almost every time and you had that hot zone down to a perfect science exactly where that that fly was landing and i had a hard time hitting it it was either because of the wind i had an eight and a half foot rod as opposed to a nine foot rod yeah. i'm going to give you all the excuses I can. or maybe it's because i was selfish and i didn't let you fish that <laughs> yeah, hot you were zone. a little greedy but <laughs> uh, i wasn't going to mention that but um, oh, yeah man. so downstream it, it tends not to be the default but it, you need to think about how to fish your flies downstream so to cast upstream or to cast downstream that's the question and we hope we've given you some tools to use in settling on the answer. All right, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. Here's a fantastic comment from Drew. He's a fly fisher in Missouri, and he commented on our podcast on fly fishing conversations. And that was a little bit more about the uh, uh, kind of the heart and soul that of, of fly fishing, just some other pieces a to the softer experience. topic. Yeah. Not just about catching fish and, and I loved his comment he said I really enjoyed the description of a supper club I'm not aware of any in my area of Missouri I know during Lent we have plenty of fish fries on Friday nights and the moose club has a steak night open to the public it seems like a great way to strengthen your community and also to get to know people my brother is my fishing partner we rarely see each other as he works about an hour away, and my four kids take up a majority of my time. But when we go on trips together, we are able to reconnect and spend some quality time talking on our three-hour drive. Then, when we hit the spring, it is fish on. There is something magical about being in the water with someone you love. If it's a friend, 
a brother, a sister, a son or daughter, parent, or even a new friend you just met. Man, that is, yeah. That's great. That's what we were trying to convey in totally. that uh, in that podcast. Man, we love catching fish, and if we didn't, we wouldn't fly fish, but there is so much more to it. There really is an opportunity for you to connect with friends and family members at a, at a deeper level, and and uh, that, that happens uh, kind of over the rhythm of the whole day. It happens... Uh, the meal at the end, but it also happens on those uh, uh, conversations. Well, that's going to do it for today. Please share with us what factors help you decide whether to cast upstream or to cast downstream. Go to twoguysinariver.com and comment on this podcast link. What determines whether you cast upstream or cast down? You can find Two Guys in a River pretty much everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Stitcher. If you have a smartphone, you can download a podcast app and receive our podcast that way. And of course, you can visit our website, twoguysinariver.com. We do publish a new episode and a new article each week on the website. All right. Thanks for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Fly fishing.